And a good Saturday morning to you from an undisclosed location in Baldwin County in coastal Alabama. We are celebrating our 32nd year of doing this show this week, and thank you for tuning in. Good luck today, by the way, those of you who will be fishing not far from here in the uh, Alabama Rodeo. We've got going on the 44th Annual Mobile Big Game Fishing Club Ladies' Day Tournament is this weekend. Uh, they'll be fishing all day today. Uh, the dock opens from 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. for the weigh-ins. And tomorrow they'll do it from 3 to 6, and then the award ceremony at 7.30. So if you want to stop by and join in the fun, there it is. It's been going on since uh, the 60s, the 44th annual Mobile Big Game Fishing Rodeo for the ladies. All right, we also have some other rodeo results. We'll get to the Grand Isle International Tarpon Rodeo, faux pas, two of the biggest fishing rodeos in Louisiana. We've got some highlights to run down for you on that. And I know a lot of you listening, uh, not just don't listen for your recreational fishing enjoyment, but many of you are employed in the commercial or recreational fishing industries, the seafood industry. And if you have suffered losses last year, financial losses due to COVID, well, we're going to tell you how to apply for a share of $12.4 million that's headed to the state of Louisiana through the CARES Act. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Jason Froba is going to be joining us to tell you who qualifies and how you can apply for that. And if you've got any questions about it, you can text them to me and I'll pass them along to Jason. Our text line is open at 504-260-1870. Text your questions along with your comments and your fishing reports if you've got one for us. We also have live reports coming from our staff of professional anglers, guides, marina operators, And we have a story for you this morning. Have you heard about the four teenagers who were caught following a two-year-long deer-killing spree? That was revealed by a six-month investigation. Because they're juveniles, the names have been withheld from the public, but uh, it's not going to stop us from designating them as today's bad boys of the outdoors. Earlier this week, we also recorded four cooking features with our buddy Chef John Foltz. And we had uh, David Hubble of Hubble's Hearth. Uh, We cooked a couple of features with him for our Bayou Wild TV episodes. I'll tell you what those are. If you are headed out today, want to alert you, you got a couple of new species this weekend. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, coming legal in Alabama state and federal waters, the amberjack season reopens. One per person, 34 inches on the fork length is the regulation. Triggerfish will also be open in the Gulf tomorrow. 15 inches on the fork length, one per person. So while you're out there red snapper fishing this weekend, you catch a trigger fish, throw him in the box. He's good to go. All right, here's your forecast. If you're headed out, Coastal Marine forecast from the National Weather Service, about a 40% chance of rain all weekend. Uh, Southwest winds offshore 5 to 10, 1 to 2 foot seas. Boy, that's some good offshore conditions. Uh, Tomorrow, about the same, but out of a westerly direction, 10 to 15, but seas still expected around 2 maybe pushing a three-foot range. On the interior lakes and bays, west winds 5 to 10 today. It'll be a light chop on the inside bays and lakes. And tomorrow, a westerly wind, 5 to 10 knots and smooth conditions. Tide not the greatest, a little better than a .6, over a half a foot tidal range. And the Mississippi River level is at 8.9 and falling, and just can't fall fast enough for us. And if you think it's hot outside, 
<laughs> the Lake Pontchartrain water temperature this week hit 90 degrees. Just about as warm in the water as out of it. So take care of all those summertime precautions, sunscreen, floppy hats, stay hydrated, and, uh, of course, get that ice. You need a lot of ice. All right, so there it is. Stage is set, and we come back after this first break. We'll head to where we normally go this time on a Saturday morning to talk to Robbie Campo. He's at Campo's Marina in Shell Beach, and you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network as we head into our 33rd year. All right, in this last Saturday of July, uh, we're looking at a little bit better weather picture than we have in the past several weeks. The only rainstorms I see right now to start off with anyway. There's one located between the Chandelier Islands and then down along the tip of the coast around Venice. And then there's one approaching Grand Isle, but they're small, pretty intense. Hopefully they'll dissipate and go away. Robbie Campo joins us now from Shell Beach at Campo's Marina, where Robbie looks like high tide this morning is going to be about 8 o'clock and 4 p.m. on the low tide. So we're going to have pretty much a fallen tide uh, once the morning gets going, except for those real early birds. How's the fishing been up to this point this week? You know, you know, Don, it's not. It hasn't been all that bad. Um, I, I tell you the truth. I, you know, I, I didn't expect the fish to to be caught as good as they were caught this week. Um, yesterday yesterday was a good day. Um, and, you know, from from the backside of the dam to the Long Rocks, Long Rocks was good yesterday. The uh, little rigs in Elwha were good. Um, you know, down all the way out to the islands, it has been the better spots. Uh, you know, they're fishing over the Oyster Reefs, but they got a lot of white trout mixed in them up in Christmas Camp Lake, uh, uh, Comfort Island, Dead Man's Island is pretty good. But I tell you, um, down you know, you know, we're at the end of the end of July here. We're approaching August tomorrow, so uh, I can't believe we're already in August. But anyway, we're hitting all. We're approaching August, and uh, you know, I get the same thing I get every year. Man, the eleven and a half inch trout that's out there is just unreal. People need to start fishing with a slide cork. It's a very effective tool, especially this time of year when the water is eighty one, eighty two, eighty three degrees. Those fish tend to go deeper. Uh, your bigger fish tend to go deeper. The adults want to be in air conditioned people. They want to go down to the bottom. You got if you, still, if you if you don't know how to use a slide cork, Google it. It's it's simple. Um, fish the slide cork. It's it's an effective tool for this time of the year. It catches bigger fish. This is what you know. And everybody that's doing this <clears throat> seems to be doing okay. You say, well, what about the Carolina rig? Well, the Carolina rig works, but um, it's it, it's not as effective as dangling a bait in front of a fish's ba- uh, face. Then you know that that shrimp has to hit the bottom, swim, and swim up. So you you're better off with the with the dangling the bait in front of his face and let him ambush it with a slide cork. Um, and, but it's been an effective tool, and you know everybody that's using it, that's going a little bit deeper, that's trying to fish at seven or eight feet, has been doing really well. Um, uh, you know, redfish has been kind of slow around here. The guys that want to redfish has been kind of slow. It's not been, you know, it's, they, they haven't been eating up anywhere. But they did catch, they did catch some trout over at the Stone Island, so in Black Bay, which is something I hadn't heard in quite a while because it's been, you know, it's been fresh water over there. Uh, but we did get some salt water up into that area, and they did catch some trout over at Stone Island past Fernandez on the south side, you know, of the Margo. So if somebody wants to try that, even caught some over in Lake Campo, which is, you know, like I said last week, it's kind of of wild, but it happens. So, you know, you have options, 
Um, uh, Don, we're going to step into live bait. Live bait is, you know, it's critical this time of year. You know, it's turning in from brown shrimp to white shrimp in that transition period. Uh, your local bait catcher goes from a hero to a zero with nice bait to, all, you know, all little ones. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it like that, but he does. Um, we we okay right now. We got some in the tanks in the body. We tried it. They, they live in okay, so. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to be out late this morning, I'd make that stop on that Paris Road and go see Miss, Miss, uh, Jimmy Dixon or go see Mr. Tony Cushy. Those guys could use your business, and uh, you have the opportunity to get bait. I want everyone who wants bait to go get it. So, um, But as of right now, we're good. You know, so, you know, we got, we're holding on right now. We've got, we got a few left. So, um but to tell you, Don, uh, you know, I couldn't believe the fish that was caught yesterday, with, you know, with a slack tide like we had. I mean, it was falling during the day, but it really wasn't running. So, but I tell you, man, it, it did really well. I was, it really surprised me. But they came in late. Now, the guys, they didn't get it for like 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. They was, they was 1, 2, 3 o'clock before these guys got in. So, you know, you have to put a little time in. So, just keep that in mind. Stay hydrated because it's hot. We're in, a, we're in a hot dog days of summer, and remember, get you a CETO. <laughs> go go buy a CETO uh, insurance policy. Man, I want people to have that. Man, more people broke down this week. I don't have it. I was in and out of this body like a zipper going getting people. Get a CETO. Call CETO and get you get you uh you know get with CETO program. It's the best hundred seventy nine dollars you ever spent in your life. I promise you. No, no doubt about that, Rob. You know, one of the things I think about when we turn the corner in August is catching those big trout. Uh, maybe using that sliding cork you're talking about at some of the platforms out in Black Bay using croakers. Any chance at all you would ever be able to offer croakers to the public, or is that something they just got to bring their cast net and catch their own? No, I, I got some on hand. I've been I've been saving them down, and they, you know, it takes five thousand to get to get five hundred. You know, so. But uh, we we have been uh, we have been keeping some on hand, um, you know. And most of the guys that's using them are going fishing snapper. So, and and that's something else they did re- uh, really well with yesterday. A lot of mangroves yesterday, Don out there about like one sixteen, and you know out uh, it did really well with the mangroves yesterday, and it did really well with red snappers yesterday. So uh, that's what we've been keeping them for, you know. I mean, I mean that's the only guys that's been using them. Really, our trout guys hadn't been. Uh, hadn't been using them but we do have some on hand yep well it's that time and uh you know the conditions are probably not going to be any better than tomorrow talking about five to ten and smooth conditions to run out to some of those far places where we can't normally get other times during the year well robbie one last thing i think it's only fair to warn the public that down at your marina next weekend is the 25th annual rummel fishing rodeo and you know what that means, oh, RJ oh, oh, yeah. and crew, hold on to your wallets, but it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have food, drink, and, you know, give away the T-shirts. The weigh-in's going to be from noon to 2 next weekend, and if people want to get signed up, they go to rummelraiders.com, and uh, they need to sign up by Thursday. That's the cutoff to get in on it. But you know that gang, been coming down there for a lot of years. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's something that, um, that I'm glad to see brought back to the, down here instead of at the school. Uh, you know, it, it's been, you know, it's been quite a few years since it's been here. So uh, I think they, they write, uh, Jake told me yesterday, around 200 tickets sold. So uh, it should be, it should be a fun one. Yes, it is. And you know that RJ, he's the only guy I know that ever asked to rent bait. You know, he goes on there asking you if he can rent shrimp, you know. <laughs> 
RJ's a one of a kind of man. <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know, he actually got a lump of the death, year. But he's he, a one he's of a, a kind. Worker. It's Saturday. He's he, coming. So, thank God he is, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, y'all coming down, hook the left. Come on down and see us at Campos. We'll do it. Thank you, Robbie. Always appreciate your report, right, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. See all right, there he goes, Robbie Campo. Campos Marina, Shell Beach, your launch and baiting headquarters. All right, we come back after this. Going to get to some of your text messages. By the way, if you've got a question for Jason uh, Froba, who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes to talk about that CARES Act, $12.4 million headed to the state. If you suffered losses, if you were part of the fishing or seafood industry in Louisiana, he'll tell you how to apply and who can apply. We're back with more right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we get text each and every week, comes right in here the studio, whether we're here in uh, South Alabama or we're back at uh, the mothership over there at the main station, flagship WWL in New Orleans, or at St. Hubert's Cathedral in the Piney Woods of the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain. And checking on those messages, we got quite a few coming in this morning. We're hearing from the Lafayette Yacker. Uh, he's uh, thanking us for me and Chris Lecoq for Bayou Wild TV putting together the History of Ride the Bull. It's a great tribute, he says, to both Danny and Christian Ray. Uh, that's, again, he says he also enjoys all the information from the reporters, and he's staying out of the heat by staying close to the house. Well, about that program, that's airing this week on Bayou Wild. It's a rerun, but if you haven't seen it, or if you have, you may want to check it out. That particular program, uh, it's called Ten Years of Ride the Bull, the largest uh, kayak tournament, which is coming up soon uh, down in Grand Isle. I believe it's still the largest in the world. Uh, that earned a 2020 Bronze Telly Award for Bayou Wild TV, among many others, uh, thanks to the great videography of uh, Chris Lecoq. All right, we also have this one, uh, drinking coffee at the Neyland Family Farm in Centerville, Mississippi, getting ready to warm up the New Holland and clip the food plots today. That's our friends at Team Last Stall, Raider Pride. Hey, hope you're going to be at the uh, Raider Rodeo next weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's time to get out there and, Start thinking about those hunting seasons. Even though we got these 90-plus degree temperature days, it's on everybody's mind. Here's one that says, uh, ready for your show. Uh, it's hot on the bayou, so we headed to Quitman to fill feeders for the deer and long beards. That's turkeys. And got salt for the whelping does. Good day. That's Mike, Pat, and Red from Bayou Liberty. Yeah, everybody's got that deer hunting on their mind and Getting ready for the duck seasons, you know, it just comes natural this time of the year. Here's one said, want to let you know my grandson and I fished the Wrigley's last Sunday, caught a bunch of big two- to three-pound sail cats. I heard they were good to eat. Is this true? Uh, yes and no. It depends. Uh, they they taste pretty much like a freshwater catfish, but they I find them a little bit stronger. And sometimes they've got a pretty thick bloodline in them, and you got to cut that out. But marinating them in milk overnight helps out. But try, all I can tell you is try them. I mean, they're not going to hurt you. And if you like them, they're easy to catch, and there's plenty of them. There's no size limits and no creel limits. All right, we got Ed uh, checking in from Wilmer, Alabama. He's getting ready for another hot day. Well, you will have it, that's for sure. All right, had a couple of really big fishing rodeos in Louisiana last weekend, the the oldest in, in history of saltwater fishing rodeos, the Grand Isle International Tarpon Rodeo. Uh, the outstanding captain, and we're going to be fishing with him pretty soon, too, is that Jeremy McHugh of Stillwater Charters out of Mississippi. Uh, he won the catch and release category for the tarpon. Uh, there was a croaker come in at four ounces to win first play. You know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe it's time to retire that croaker category from rodeos. There just don't seem to be enough 
big ones there. Four-ounce croaker is pretty much a bait fish. All right, white trout. This is a big white trout. This was caught by Lane Samrall, five pounds, four ounces. I haven't seen one that big in quite a while. Uh, Bill Murray. Now, not the Ghostbuster Bill Murray. This is Bill Murray from Biloxi, Mississippi. He captured the bull red category, 34 pounds, 14 ounces. That's a lot of redfish. And also, congratulations to Malachi Dupree. Um, he caught a, he's from New Orleans, he caught a grouper that weighed 86 pounds to take the grouper category. Uh, drumfish, big one, 4210. Ridge Eche from Thibodeau caught that one. The yellowfin tuna was won by Dylan Arsenault of Marrero, 139 pounds. Those are some of the highlights from Grand Isle Rodeo last weekend. Over on uh, the Venice side of the state, faux pas was held. A speckled trout was won by Team Dynamic Outdoors, a 6.45. Dolphin, uh, 28.15. I hope they had a star ticket because that would take first place. That was uh, Team Big Boy brought that one to the way scale. And a really nice red snapper brought in by Double J, which has won a lot of events, 29.35. Also hope they had a star ticket, too. All right, if you didn't get your star to rodeo ticket, I suggest you get it. It still goes on. Got plenty of time left. It's all the way through Memorial Day. All right, coming back after this, we're going to be joined by Jason Froba with Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. If you suffered losses in the fishing or seafood industry in 2020 due to COVID, the CARES Act has $12.4 million designated to pay to Louisiana residents. We'll tell you who qualifies and how to get it and answer any questions you might have at 504-260-1870. We're back in three minutes where you're listening to the 32 years old today, the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, in just a minute or so, we're going to be talking to Jason Froba, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. If uh, you were financially injured by the COVID restrictions in 2020 and work in the fishing or seafood industries, you'll be wanting to hear what he has to say about how you can cash in on some of that money coming to Louisiana to the tune of $12.4 million under the CARES Act. Got a couple of more texts in. I'm hearing from my old news uh, newscasting buddy in radio, Deb. She used to do the news while we did this show many years ago. She's working at a pharmacy, but she's listening on the way and uh, said, you're celebrating your anniversary in Alabama? With a question mark. Yeah, well, Alabama is an important part of this program. We cover everything from the Florida state line to the Texas state line and everything in between. And we are glad to have a a station, affiliate station, FM Talk 106.5, right here in Mobile is one of our stations. Here's an, oh, she says, when you celebrate 35, go back to the mothership and bring the donuts. That's something to be remembered for. The guy that used to bring six boxes of donuts to feed the radio station. All right, here's one about uh, cooking fish and whether it's worth cooking. Uh, Suggesting uh, Frank Davis's seafood notebook for everyone who wonders about how to cook a fish and whether it's worth cooking, it's brilliant. It is a fantastic book, and a lot of you know and miss Frank Davis. Uh, He was one of the fishing uh, pioneers of outdoor radio and TV media coverage of fishing, and he wrote several books. He was an accomplished cook, and uh, he's got some great recipes in that. It's called Frank Davis's Seafood Notebook. I'm sure you can find it online. All right, right after this quick 10-second pause, we're back with Jason Frobe of Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries to talk about the CARES Act, and we'll tell you what that is all about right after we let our local stations identify themselves along the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. All right, a lot of you who listen to this program are employed, uh, if not just enjoy, recreational fishing, uh, employed in the commercial fishing industry, the seafood industry. You own a commercial fishing boat, seafood processors, seafood brokers, 
All of these people could be eligible to receive assistance due to the losses suffered through the pandemic in 2020. And joining us to talk about this is Jason Froba, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Jason, thanks for getting up early with us to, to let our listeners know about this assistance that's going to be available. Good morning. No problem. It's my pleasure. Uh, tell us, it's uh, the Consolidated Appropriations Act. Uh, it's also known as CARES Assistance. What is this all about, and who can qualify, and how do they go about doing that? Uh, so this is a second round of funding that uh, Congress appropriated. Um, earlier last year, they appropriated uh, $14 million through the first round of CARES, and so we're calling this one CARES 2.0, um, which provides $12.4 million um, for members of the seafood industry who may have experienced a loss um, from the CARES Act uh, pandemic. And anyone who is a commercial fisherman, a vessel owner, um, a dock processor, broker dealer, um, and charter captains are eligible um, to participate, but they must have experienced uh, greater than 35% loss in revenue due to this event. So they will be asked to provide documentation about that loss, and, and what would that what would be accepted for them to qualify in terms of documentation? Um, so a lot of these folks are going to have what we call a trip ticket, um, and we're and we're using those to help us make that loss determination, and, and we can do that for folks that use trip tickets if they choose to. Um, for folks that don't have to submit trip tickets, as our charter captains. Um, we're we're going to be asking for them to provide information in their application that's associated with their tax records, and then they have to provide um, copies of the of the the summary documents for those tax records. And as far as being a legitimate business, you know, we've got a lot of people who do this part time. Uh, they'll pull they they buy their licenses and their permits, and they'll pull trawls or they'll run crab traps, but. They may not have an official business name as an LLC or a corporation. Uh, would they qualify? They would. Um, if you hold a commercial license, um, we're, we're considering you a business and eligible. You don't have to do it full time. Um, we do have some documentation that you can complete to prove that you're full time if you choose. Um, and the reason I mention that is if you're a full time participant in this industry, um, you are eligible for a larger payment. Okay, now where is this form? What is the next, the first step? Someone's listening. They say, well, that's me. I lost a lot of money, and I want to try to regain that. Where is this application available? So it's going to be available online, and you're going to have to go to our website, wlf.louisiana.gov. On our homepage, there is a banner um, that's going across that has a a commercial shrimping vessel um, that mentions CARES 2.0 applications being open. Um, if you were to click that banner, it'll take you to the main page for this program, and all of that information is there. There's a button for you to apply um, when the program opens on August 8th. I mean, I'm sorry, August 9th at 8 a.m. Um, and there's a, a list of links um, that provide all these documents. You can click on the links to get the documents. Um, and there's a list of all the documents that you might need to apply. We're asking everybody to review that and make sure they have everything in hand before they get started. Very good. Jason, I got a couple of texts coming in with some questions. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll pass those along to you so you can answer them. If you happen to have one, text me at 504-260-1870, and we'll pass that along to Jason Froba with Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. It's CARES 2.0, providing a total of $255 million in funding, $12.4 million earmarked for Louisiana. We'll be back right after this. 
And if you're just getting up and tuned in and joining us, we have with us Jason Froba, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. We've been talking about the CARES Act assistance, $12.4 million in financial assistance, going to be made available to Louisiana fishermen, uh, seafood industry personnel, uh, who were financially affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And, uh, Jason, I, I got a, a question. We, I think we failed to mention this. Somebody wanted to know when is the deadline? They're concerned about getting all their documentation and paperwork together. When does this have to be turned in? So it has to be turned in um, by the end of August. Um, one of the things we're, we're pushed up against is a deadline to try and get all this data um, and all the application information to the federal government so uh, we can get the payments out. So we're going to open up on August 9th and be open for three weeks. Um, it's one of the reasons we're trying to get the word out ahead of that op- uh, opening day um, so people have an opportunity to get everything together. I have another question about is there a limit on an individual how much they will get? I guess the thinking there is we've got all this money. It's probably all going to be, you know, given to the people who qualify. Is it going to be like prorated or is it first come, first served? And if you've got a big uh, claim and you get paid and someone else, there isn't enough to fulfill their claim, how is that going to work as far as who is given priority and how much can they get? So the, the program's designed that everyone that applies and is eligible um, will actually receive a payment. Um, it is not based on exactly how much you've lost, but it is going to be based on um, if you're a full-time or part-time participant and then what type of participant you are. Um, so those payments are going to be structured that way. And then the, the final payment will be determined by the, the total number of applicants that apply. Okay. And I have someone that said that they applied for the original amount and they had to submit some information and some documentation. Will they need to do that again for this one? So if you apply for the first program, um, there is some documentation that we will not need again, um, and that's going to be your your certified fisherman forms that prove that you're full-time, as well as your your, um, 15 through 19 taxes. If you submitted those the first time around, um, we're not going to require that again. So how will they be identified? Do you get it like uh, an account number when you first apply? If you collect it on the last distribution, uh, does this create a number for you so that when you do apply, it's recognizable and you don't go through all the same, uh, you know, paperwork, documentation, gathering, and submission that you did the first time? So it's all going to be based off of their license numbers. Okay. And what if, well, I guess, uh, I don't know about seafood docks. I, I don't know if they're required to have licenses like a, um, a marina that would sell bait, for instance. I, don't, I guess they would need a permit to do that. I'm sure there's some kind of way that they are you know, <laughs> registered and identified by the state. I'm sure that that, that would be done. Well, is there anything else you want to add, Jason? I think we covered it pretty good, and we got most of the questions answered. But if somebody has questions and they're driving or they're on a boat and they don't have time, where can they find out more information or maybe even get some assistance? Because not everyone, as hard as it may be to believe, does not have access to the Internet. Right, right. Um, If you have questions about the program, you can call our our department at uh, 855-262-1764. That'll get you in touch with our program development section, and they'll be able to answer any questions you have about how to apply and and what you need to apply. Um, If you need help completing your application, um, we've we've partnered with South Central Planning and Development Commission, um, and you can actually make an appointment 
appointment with them and go to one of their offices and they'll help you fill out the application on online. And their number is 800-630-3791. Okay. I have those numbers here. If someone uh, was driving, wasn't able to grab them, just uh, send me a text or shoot me an email next week and I'll be glad to provide those numbers. Uh, let's see. There was one more thing that, that came to mind. Uh, well, maybe we'll have to rethink that. But there was there was one thing that someone wanted to know, and I have to try to find it. If I find it, I will call you back, and we'll get an answer on that. But uh, anyway, thank you, Jason, for doing that. Um, oh, I remember what it was. Here it is right here. Someone wanted to know, is this a loan, like the PPP, or is this uh, – just a benefit that, you know, you would receive the money, and I guess you'd have to claim it as income on the following tax tax year. But this is not a loan, is it? It is not a loan, and it, it will be um, a direct payment, and it will have to be counted as income, and you will have to report it on your taxes. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, you can't beat that, and certainly worth the, the effort to, to collect it. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being with us. We'll, we'll keep you in mind, and if we have any questions that come up, uh, you know, I'll have the, the listeners get you. I'll get a hold of you and relay it back to them. Thanks so much for providing this information. This is going to help a lot of people in Louisiana. Thank you. All right, that's Jason Froba with the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. All right, uh, I got some more text messages coming in. Let's see, this one is, uh, congratulations, 32nd anniversary of the outdoor show. Welcome back to South Alabama. He's texting from the Louisiana Embassy <laughs> in Westmobile. Uh, oh, this is David Hubble. He was cooking with Martha and Chris and I and Chef John Fultz and uh, he knows the Bayou Wild audience can enjoy all those recipes that were captured on video. Chef John's frog legs recipe was delicious. And he's looking forward to the start of the new Bayou Wild season. You are exactly right. And I wanted to mention uh, some of those items, uh, the, the, the recipes that, that uh, we prepared there. And I asked Chef John to kind of come up with some lesser-known or obscure ones that people might have and or have never tried before. And he did that. Uh, there's a Sicilian fisherman stew is one of the recipes you'll see. Uh, then to coincide with our Wicked Charters fishing trip where we caught bull red, garfish, and uh, bull sharks, he came up with a garfish cubion, which was really good. And then an unusual one called black eye pea battered shrimp. You don't want to miss that one. Very unique. But the one that... Uh, David's talking about was the Asabuco frog legs. <laughs> that got my number one vote. Didn't know you could do Asabuco with frog legs, but he did. And, and David did the West Indies salad, which is kind of a traditional South Alabama dish. And then he also did Bayou Wild Shrimp, named it after the show we taped it for. And that was pretty tangy. If you want to check out uh, some of his products, he can ship them to you. Go to Hubble's Hearth, or if you're on my website, you'll see a link. Just click it there, and it'll take you there. All right, when we come back after this, we're going to get a report from Grand Isle. Tarpon Rodeo is uh, in history now. Let's see if the fishing's still going on. Daryl Carpenter was having a heck of a week earlier. We'll see if that continued through this weekend. Back with his report right after this. We get our Grand Isle fishing reports from Captain Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. And, Daryl, I don't know if you heard that last segment, but that CARES Act certainly applies to uh, many of your, your cohorts in the, the charter guide industry, and I'm sure, I'm sure they're aware of that. If not, uh, maybe we need to spread the word to them. If they need some financial assistance uh, to make good losses last year caused by the pandemic, this is some excellent um, funding that's coming available to them. Oh, yeah, Don, this is actually round two. Uh, the Charter Boat right. Association was instrumental in, in, in 
forming some of this and how it works. So, yes, uh, Richard is well on top of it. And if any of our, as long as our members are reading our newsletters, they, they should be well on top of it. Uh, applications start, I think, Monday or next Monday. Uh, the ninth. Yeah, it'll be a week from Monday, yeah. Right, right, well, right. Very so, good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're on top of it. Uh, but, I mean, this morning we're doing nothing but sitting here cast netting pogies and, and shrimp and watching Mother Nature's Light Show. We're trying to decide which way it's going to go. Uh, in fact, I just, I'm just i getting the first drops on me right now. Um, but uh, there's some big, big storms in the Gulf. We're just waiting to see where they're going. Um, all week long, I would say up until – I guess it was until about Friday. Uh, it was just like those pictures I sent you. It was a uh, really, really nice trout, um, really good fish. Friday, Friday is when we started dropping our tide. The numbers weren't as good. Uh, the females looked like they had spawned out. They were long and skinny. The numbers weren't as good. The fish wasn't weren't ganged up like they had been all week. Now, we started getting our tide back. But I think the weekend's going to probably be a little bit slow. You're going to have to hunt and peck because of the tide situation. But um, Grand Isle, we've been talking for several weeks now about the stretch. Immediate Grand Isle and the immediate facility, uh, vicinity has been still a little bit dirty. I mean, you catch it late in the evenings. It's like the tide's pulling some of that dirty water out. It's been great. But in the mornings, you've either got to go. I've been everywhere from Terrebonne Parish over there around Cocodry all the way to Plaquemines Parish over around Shell Island. But if you get away from Grand Isle, the water is gorgeous. I mean, it's it's swimming pool water. Um, so we've been doing a little bit traveling to find our fish. It's been really, really good. The bulls have shown up in the passes because we're catching. Yesterday we caught a couple of bulls while we were in the middle of, of jigging for, for trout. Um, but it's been really, really great. I think it will resume that. we got we got a north wind coming supposedly with this front. We're going to have to wait and see, you know, how strong this front is. But when we start getting our tides back Monday or Tuesday, I see no reason why why this pretty water doesn't hang around and we we go to catch it. Uh, live bait has been a little bit of an issue. Uh, our water has now hit the low 90s with these hot days we've been having. Uh, aside from the fact that we're in between that, that period of brown shrimp and white shrimp, Shrimp's been really hard to catch, and anything else you've got, you've got to treat them real tender because to keep them alive in 92-degree water is a little bit tough. Darrell, the video you sent me, it looked like you guys were fishing on the bottom of Carolina rig with live bait. Was that the ticket, and is that, do you think, is going to continue to catch some of those nice two- to three-pound specks? Uh, that video I sent you was actually actually soft plastics on the bottom. Uh, to be honest with you, Don, I haven't used... I haven't used 10 live baits this week. Uh, I've carried them with me every day, but the live bait has been producing more trash fish. Uh, We've been on that beach, so it's been producing more bluefish, more Spanish mackerel, more more gaff tops. Um, The the action for me has all been 100% plastics on the bottom. I've been fortunate enough that I've had crews that were able to work them. But, you know, now I will tell you the folks around me, uh, the other boats around me, especially yesterday, what I saw when I went to the east, the boats that had shrimp, the boats that find these marinas that actually have shrimp, they were doing very, very well. The fish just act like I've got a live well full of croakers, uh, pogies, and finger mullets. But the fish acting like lately they don't want them. If you've got a shrimp, you've got a guaranteed bite. 
I was wondering how y'all were catching them so quick without stopping to put bait on there. It was plastics. That explains it. We're glad you're having such a good trip, and thank you so much for the reports, especially with that dredge going on, and you got to stay away from that dirty water to catch trout. Somebody wants to get you, Daryl, give us a phone number. They can find you at realscreamers.com and also on my website. But if they want to call you and set something up for, you know, post-school fishing, tell them how to get you. Uh, just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. And the way the phone's been acting, sometimes text works better. It seems to come through there better. Gotcha. Thanks, Daryl. Good luck to you. Thank you, Don. Y'all have a good day. And we'll be back with our number two right after this quick pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And broadcasting from Baldwin County in South Alabama, celebrating our 32nd year of this show. Thank you for tuning in. And, boy, we got a lot of Alabama texters coming in this morning. If you want to text us a question or a comment, it's 504-260-1870. Previewing what we got coming up this hour. Uh, more of those live fishing reports. We're going to hear from Captain Mike Gallo. Also, your paddle report with Eric Mohabarak and Ryan Lambert will close it out with a fishing report from down in Plaquemines Parish. Uh, we're also going to tell you the story of our bad boys of the outdoors. Four teenagers, they were caught, took a six-month investigation to reveal a two-year-long deer killing spree. And because they're juveniles, uh, their names are being withheld. That may change. They may decide to try them as adults, but we'll keep you up to date on that and tell you the story all about that. All right, uh, this program on the road this morning, we're going to be on the road again next week. We will be broadcasting from the Hilton in Thibodeau, Louisiana. It is the Louisiana Outdoor Writers Association's annual convention. Uh, there will be an awards presentation from the internal awards, and uh, I have good and reliable information that Bayou Wild TV has captured more uh, best video awards. Don't know which yet, but we'll find out. That will be going on next weekend, 6th and 7th. Uh, the gathering of all the outdoor writers, broadcasters, bloggers, podcasters all across the state. Uh, one of the highlights is we award the Fish of the Year awards to the people who caught those fish. I'm happy to tell you we'll be seeing uh, Bradley Cole Thurman of Meadow Lakes, Texas. He caught that 106.2-pound black grouper out of Port Fouchon. That was a new number one state record. Our fly fishing division winner was Jim Johnson of LeCompte. Uh, he caught a 1.64 chain pickerel in Cocodry Lake. Uh, up there they call it Cocodry. Down south it's Cocodry. Never could figure that out. But uh, we'll, we'll pronounce it where it's from. Cocodry Lake up at Forest Hill. That's also a new record. Uh, topped an existing 16-year record that on the previous chain pickerel. Louisiana Outdoor Writers Association been keeping the fish record since the 1940s. Check it out. Louisiana Outdoor Writers Association. And you'll find some of those interesting records that date back to the 40s and 50s. And I believe some will never be broken. But I tell you, there's a lot of them that have been set in the least the recent years. All right, so we got all that to talk about. Back to our text message board. We got the mad trucker. He's texting in from Alabama this morning. Uh, someone says, what do largemouth bass like this time of year on the muddy rivers? This time of year, jig pitching is a, a good thing to throw, particularly if the water's a little muddy. And we have Dixie George. He's sitting in the woods. God really got this right. It's so beautiful and no stress. Happy 32 years. Well, I'll tell you what, sitting in the woods this time of the year, uh, as long as you're this early, it's okay. But, boy, that can be some uh, nasty conditions. Those uh, thick woods with no breeze and lots of mosquitoes on a 
summer summer day. Hmm, I don't envy for people out there working in those food plots. All right, so we got a lot going on. We got uh, Mike Gallo's going to be checking in. I want to check with him about the uh, alga blooms that were reported from Lake Pontchartrain. If any of you saw those, I didn't get the exact location of where those popped up, but text me at 504 504- Two six zero one eight seventy. Uh, something else going on uh, Saturday, August the fourteenth. It's a couple weekends away. Um, the Delta Marina is having their Bullfrog Bash, and uh, if you want to get your team of up to four people to go grabbing some frogs, it's a hundred dollars per team. Heaviest frog, most frogs, longest distance frog jump, a frog race. It's like the Frog Olympics down there. <laughs> Top ten frogs. Uh, they're going to begin on the 13th, and you weigh in at beginning at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. This is the complete opposite of fishing. Fishing rodeos, you fish early and you weigh in late. Frogging because it's a nighttime activity. You frog at night and you weigh in early in the morning. That should be a good one. We're going to be talking to Mitch Jurisich probably next week and giving you some more details on how that's shaping up. And by the way, uh, next weekend, the Empire South Pass Tarpon Rodeo, 71 years old. It's going to be going on down there at the Delta Marina, uh, located right down there near Buras. All right, Ascension Areas Anglers, Bass Fishermen, uh, they've got a team tournament coming up on Sunday, August 15th. $100 entry fee out of Dwaron's Landing down in the basin. All right, we come back after this. We'll get you a Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Catherine, Lake Bourne, North Biloxi Marsh. He travels. Have boat will travel, we call him. Mike Gallo is going to be joining us right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. The Bourne on the Bayou Report with Mike Gallo is sponsored by CETO. And it doesn't surprise me that a marina operator like Robbie Campo is a firm believer in CETO because he sees and hears of all the people who need assistance to get back in. And you can do that for $179 for a whole year membership. You'll get fuel dropped off where you need it, towed in 24-7. you got an electrical problem, they'll jumpstart you. Whatever it takes to get you back to the dock safely, CETO is like having a AAA on the water. Peace of mind for you and your loved one. One call away, Captain Chris. He'll take care of you, 504-301-4545, or simply click CETO.com. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now for his report. Uh, Mike, I got reports of algae blooms in Lake Pontchartrain. You know that emerald green water that's devoid of oxygen and devoid of marine life. A lot of times it sits on top and it's okay underneath. Generally happens when you get calm winds. We had a lot of freshwater runoff from the rains from the North Shore rivers pouring into the lake, and all of a sudden, boom, it pops up when you don't get that wind and and wave action to churn it up. It just kind of sits there, and that stuff blooms and depletes all the oxygen in there. Did you encounter any of those, or have you seen them or heard about them? I have actually seen some in the canal right behind my lodge, but I haven't seen any in the lake itself. Yeah, those things, uh, you need to, to stay away from them. Uh, there's, there's some of those things are toxic to humans. That's kind of a blue algae. But the green algae is not so much toxic to humans, but it kills marine life because they can't breathe. It depletes all the oxygen. So it's best to stay away from it. But, you know, and really all it takes is a little bit of wave action or a good tidal movement, and it kind of churns it up and dissipates it. But uh, some of the conditions we had during the week was ripe for it. So if someone sees that, don't say, oh, look at that pretty green water, man, thinking it's real good, productive, salty water. Wrong. It's not. And you can tell the difference. A good, clear uh, clean emerald green water is usually a, uh, an algae bloom, but that kind of a, 
I guess you'd call it a little bit more on the murky side. Greenish is, is what you're really looking for. So where have you been fishing, Mike, and where are you headed today to catch them? Well, actually been doing a little bit of fishing on the western shoreline of Lake Bourne. We've had some westerly winds, and it's close for me. So we run out of either Unknown Pass or Wrigley's Pass and hit the shoreline and work just kind of idle. I'm looking for mullet jumping around, and once I see some mullet, I'll slow down, put the trolling motor in the water, and I've been throwing shrimp under a popping cork, matrix bounced on the bottom, or even gulp under a popping cork. And that's been working well on redfish. If I don't find anything in the first 45 minutes or so, you know, I'll cover a fair amount of territory. I may jump up and run across to the Biloxi Marsh and just repeat that same process. Uh, Later in the day, when the water temperatures have really picked up quite a bit, we've been moving into the deeper passes and fishing in the deeper passes with some bait, either dead bait or live bait if it stays live that long on the bottom. And surprisingly, have caught a few speckled trout. So uh, that's new news for us, especially in late July and August. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, Mike, I can remember a couple trips with you fishing that that West uh, uh, Lake Bourne shoreline and, you know, sight fishing or spotting the reds or looking for the mullet. But as I recall, we'd pull up some bass pretty regularly in there. Have you found any of those? You know, our buddy Jeff Bruce, a little concerned about bass fish in that area. I guess we kind of got spoiled when there were a lot of them there. You still catching the occasional largemouth mixed in with those reds? You catch them occasionally, but it doesn't—it doesn't seem to be as consistent as it was earlier. The rivers are low, and I think the salt water is creeping in more and more. Um, I just haven't come across many at all. I don't know if I've caught 20 this year, where a couple of years ago I could catch 20 in a day. So just not seeing them now. I'm, you know, and I'm not concentrating on those areas where I would if I were targeting bass. Um, you know, more in the open lakes. I'm trying to stay in water that's cooler in temperature. Yeah, and that's getting at a premium right now, the way we've had these hot, hot conditions. You know, the water temperatures are up in the 90s in some areas right now. Uh, what about uh, the platforms in the lake, in Lake Bourne? Have you tried any of those and had any success, or is that kind of a hardhead catfish territory? That seems to be, like you said, hardhead catfish territory. Uh, about three weeks ago, I was listening to Robbie because I always want to hear his report. It's very accurate, and it's the outer edges of where I normally fish. But when he was saying a, about three weeks ago that they were catching some trout over by, I think it's Campo Bayou and Fort Beauregard, that kind of had my attention, and I was wondering if that water would creep its way further towards me, and it seems it has got really beautiful green water in in the south section of Lake Bourne and that's more the area where we've been finding those trout it wouldn't surprise me if there were trout in the Mr. Go nice deep water clean not moving too terribly much to get churned up um, but I just haven't been there to give it a try Mike, uh, finally, uh, do you have a, a, a tip you could give us being in the business? You, you bring in customers out who aren't conditioned to the high heat, the humidity, 
and sometimes can you know maybe get a little dehydrated. Any specific tips that you found work best for people that uh, go out on rare occasions and aren't really c- conditioned to be out in some of the stuff you guys are in day after day? Well, yes. Um, I, you know, I call my customers the night before the trip, and we have a little discussion. I try to tell them to bring loose, light clothing and drink plenty of water. And one of the things I like to tell them, and I think it's a true statement, when you're thirsty, water is the best tasting thing on earth. When you're not thirsty, drinking water is a chore. It just doesn't seem to taste that good at all. But I try to remind them you need to drink plenty of water. Now, for someone up north, bringing plenty of water is a six-pack of water. And I think they need a six-pack apiece. So I always have plenty of water on the boat myself, and you just have to keep an eye on them. If someone stops sweating, that's going to be a sign that they're beginning to get depleted of their water. They're not cooling themselves anymore. So you'll have to watch those people carefully, get the boat moving, have them drink water, make sure they know where they are. And look, if if they start to get heat stroke, that trip's over. You just got to get them back on land in some, get them, a, get them a cool shower. We have towels on the boat that we put in the ice chest and can put around their shoulders and cool them down. But it can certainly be uh, a dangerous situation for somebody to have heat stroke out on the water. And, you know, Mike, one thing, uh, caution is the ladies. A lot of times they refrain from drinking because they think they'll have to use the bathroom. So they don't That's drink true. enough liquids, and let me just tell them, go ahead and drink it. You know, you, every boat's got plans for facilities, so don't let that stop you and end up dehydrated, trying to hold off and not drink anything all day. Right, right. We have the same conversation with the ladies as well. Don't let five minutes of personal time ruin five hours of great fun fishing. So whatever they got to do, they'll take care of that, and we'll make sure you have a good, fun, safe trip. Well stated. Mike, take care of that voice from somebody who's had experience with that. It sounds like you're getting a little dry there. And uh, also, if somebody needs to get you, I'm going to give out most of the information. They can find you on my site, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, your site, AAofLA.com. I'm going to let you tell them the phone number. Very simple. You can find me at 985-781-7811. Sounds good, Michael. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, Don, congratulations on 32 years. I've been a part, maybe half of that, but congratulations. <laughs> yes, you have, and thank you for being there for us. We really appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again, and good luck to you. All right, coming up next, it's the Paddler's Report. Eric Mohabarak, and guess what he's got for you? Listen up, ladies. It's your favorite fish, Flounder. His report's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Whether you're stroking or pedaling, you go after your fish in a paddle craft like a kayak, canoe, pirog, Tom Sawyer raft. We got a report for you with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club with Captain Eric Mohabarak, sponsored by Massey's. And Eric, before you tell us about those flounder, uh, tell us what's going on at Massey's. Uh, Don, how you doing? Happy uh, 32 years too to you. Thank you. Um, man, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, they got a bunch of new boats in stock. They are fully stocked on the Bonafide kayaks, uh, which is a pretty neat little vessel they got coming out. Um, they also uh, started carrying the Natives, again, the Native kayaks. Uh, 
and they, they evidently got a hot number that people are driving from all over the country. I know they had a guy from Tennessee come in. Uh, it's a native Slayer 10. I'm not familiar with the boat yet. I haven't been by to see it. Uh, I'm going to take a peek at it there, see what's so fancy about it. And then, uh, of course, they got they got a few Hobies left, uh, some pro anglers, uh, some some passports. They're waiting on a shipment right now. As they speak, they seem they can't. They seem to not be able to keep them in the store. Um, they also got a big shipment of bikes coming in, but they all going out fast too. Um, and it's it, they just been pushing them. I don't know. People going crazy over the kayaks. It's that's an awesome thing, you know. And uh, well, it's like a, seven, you know a lot of the the boating industry. There's a lot of demand and not enough supply. But you know, as you were getting ready to talk about on the seventh, they having that demo day. So that new uh, native and uh, you know the bona fide and uh, the hobies, all of those, you can ride them before you buy. Where's that going to be, and what's the time on it? That's uh, that's going to be at the Deutsches House on Bayou St. John at 1700 Moss Street. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. A rain or shine, they're gonna they're gonna go either way with it. Uh, but yeah, and then if you got a special model too, Don, if you want to try something that's special, um, you can call the store and make sure they bring it out for you to try, and they'll be glad to do that for you. Very good, very good. And they got locations in Mid City of New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and a Covington North Shore location. Let's get to those flounders. We just don't have to go far to Mississippi to catch them. Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I've been. Uh, I got, I've got a couple friends who've been going uh, the last two weekends in a row, and actually limiting out two days in a row, uh, catching flounder, um, fishing the docks and, and the pylons and, and the jetties, the rock jetties and stuff. And it's just not in one location. It seems as if along the whole coast, from Waveland to Gulfport, you know, they've hit a couple different areas and they've, they've produced limits of, of flounder. Uh, some smaller flounder, and, and of course, I'm saying smaller pound, pound and a half flounder. Uh, seem to be up shallower. If you're fishing in deeper water, they've been pulling out some nice ones, some two-pounders, three-pound flounder, um, you know, and uh, they've really been bumping it. People have been going gigging at nighttime. Uh, that, that's really a good thing to do with the kids, too. Uh, but it, it's really been impressive over that way. I don't know how many people are taking advantage of that, but uh, I definitely wish I had a Mississippi license because I'd drive for flounder to love fish, you know. I'd have to uh, get over there and get some. <laughs> yeah, that's the old Frank Davis thing, you know. Um, but uh, they, uh, they, they uh, the limits on them are you got to have them 12 inches, and you're allowed 10 per person per day. And you also need that Mississippi license, too. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, back along Louisiana coast, what can you tell us as far as, you know, Daryl Carpenter gave us a really good report from Grand Isle. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, he did, and it's basically the same thing I'm going to give you, Don. Uh, you know, the water's pretty. The, the bull reds are showing up. I know everybody's waiting on that with, with ride the bull coming up, and there's going to be people out there pre-fishing and everything else. Uh, but, yeah, they got they got piles of uh, bull reds coming in. They're catching good trout out there. You know, uh, looks like it's going to be a good year for, for the tur- tur- tournament down that way. And uh, also uh, – and over in Plaquemines Parish, uh, they've been producing some good redfish off the Roseau Canes and Yellow Cotton Bay. Just uh, that's an easy, easy thing you can do is is just start, you know, with with kayak, get you some shrimp, bait shrimp, put it on a jig with a cork, throw up against the Roseau Canes, and I'm telling you, up against the close, uh, close as you can get them, and just pop that cork. Count to three and pop the cork. 
and, uh, you know, it'll produce you some redfish. It might take you a little while to find where they're located, but once you get them, you should be able to catch your limit. And then uh, if you want to go for a further paddle, you can go hit them islands, but pick your days with that and watch out for the thunderstorms because that's a big open pat- patch of water out there, you know. And then, now, Tell uh, me about that top know. water action in the lake in Pontchartrain. Uh, yeah, along the south shore, basically launching at uh, – the Highway 11 bridge right there and headed, headed back towards the west uh, on the other side of the train trestle. Uh, you've been ca- they've been catching some good uh, specks and, and reds. Uh, not, not, not limits, but getting, getting some good fish, you know. Uh, some days, you know, you end up with two. Some days you end up with, you know, ten, uh, seven or eight specks, you know. But uh, decent fish, uh, the redfish, it just depends on, on when you see them. You know, the water was, has been really clear when you have the south wind, and you can you can actually, you know, watch them crawl about them like that. So uh, just, you know, work your top waters uh, late in the evening, you know, um, which I like to do this time of year anyway. I don't like to be out there in the middle of the day. All right, now for people that like to throw flies from their kayaks uh, or from the bank, yeah. you got a little report yeah. on some nice bluegill. Yeah, um, the bluegill is spawning up. If you walk around the banks of City Park or Bayou St. John, you'll be able to, uh, uh, West End also is another good area. You can uh, actually see the, see the uh, bluegill and the perch spawning up. Uh, also, you can get those cichlids and, and mixed in with them, too. And that's pretty good, you know, if you fly guys out there. It, it, you know, you can't have a, a kayak in City Park Ponds, but uh, you can have one in Bayou St. John, and you can also use one in the West End area to find these fish. But uh, yeah, it's, those, it's something uh, good. It's, go ahead. No, I was trying to say it's something you can do with the kids, too. It, it's it's a fairly easy trip for the kids. You know, maybe not with the fly rod, but you can get them a cane pole, you know, and, yeah, and just and go a, walk along and see them. Cricket. A little box of worms or crickets will do the job there. Now, those cichlids, those are not to be confused with chicklets, right? Two different things. That's right. Right, two different things. Chicklets and gum, cichlids, the fish. Yeah. A Rio Grande <laughs> perch, for those that are not familiar with it. All right, Louisiana yeah, Kayak Grand. Company, uh, how do they find you? You're one of the few. Uh, you and Explore uh, Kayak Louisiana, and you are two of the few people that actually do kayak charters. So how do they get you? Yeah. Well, it's easy for me. You can find me on on, on your on your website, of course, Don Dubuque Outdoor, Outdoors Guy. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, the, the Louisiana Kayak Company. And my phone number is the best way to get in contact with me, 504-313-8292. 313-8292. All right, Eric, I got a little assignment for you for your next report. I want yes, you to sir. do some research on what's going on at Point of Shen. We hadn't checked in with them in a while, and I know they got some new construction going on for kayakers down there. So maybe you can give us yeah. the latest on uh, update from down that way. Yeah, I'm going to uh, try and get with uh, Chris. Uh, what's his name? Uh, but anyway, I'm going to try and get with Chris and uh, and, uh, and 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 find out what's going on. From my understanding, they're putting in a, a kayak launch, and it's going to be free. I don't know all the details on it, but I'll, I'll check on that and I'll find out for you. Sounds good. We'll see you then. All right, Don. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. That's uh, Captain Eric Mohabarak, Louisiana Kayak Company. All right. Coming back after this, maybe you did, maybe you didn't hear about it. Six-month investigation alleged a two-year crime spree, four teenagers, 110 wildlife violations. We'll tell you the story of the bad boys of the outdoors right after this. 
And we have a few more texts coming in. Another Alabama text, our friend the Irish Kunas. He's working again this weekend, but he's uh, listening. We also have a congratulations on the 32 years. That is from our Sugarland contingency who's listening. I was kind of worried about them. Hadn't heard from them lately, but glad to know they're up and early and listening. All right, here's a question. When did Thibodeau get a Hilton? Guess it's been 20 years since I've been there. Ah, progress, but congratulations. Well-deserved award. Uh, actually, it's the Hampton, but it's by Hilton Honors. I, I don't know if there was some merger between Hilton and Hampton. I don't really keep up with the hotel motel industry. Maybe somebody can enlighten me on that. But we got a reservation confirmation back from Hilton, but the technical name is the Hampton Inn. All right, then I have, oh, look at this, 32 years. Congratulations, bringing the outdoors to everyone. It's from Mike Bench of the Delacroix Corporation and Ducks Unlimited. Uh, he's in New Paris, Ohio. I'm going to have to get the Google out to find that one. What the heck are you doing up there, Mike? All right, then we have Jerry for Kenner. He says, time flies when you're having fun. Congratulations. And then we have Justin the Refuge. He can't remember when he first started listening, but he's been there religiously ever since. Happy anniversary. And thanks to you, Justin, for being a regular, frequent listener. All right, we come back after this 10-second station ID. It's bad boys time. Got four teenagers in big trouble. Back with their story right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Following a six-month investigation of a two-year crime spree by four juveniles committing 119, count them, 119 wildlife violations in Indiana and Illinois, it's finally ended in the charges alleging that the four illegally killed more than 20 deer in two states during 2019, 2020, and 2021 deer seasons. Multiple deer were shot from trucks with the aid of spotlights at night, intentionally run over with vehicles, and then stabbed or kicked to death. These are not good kids. The wide range of misdemeanor violations includes torture or mutilation of a vertebrate animal, wanton waste, illegal taking of white-tailed deer, use of an artificial light, Jack lighting, failure to procure a non-resident license, hunting without landowner consent, trespass, criminal trespass on a railroad train car, hunting and shooting from public roadway, taking more than one antler deer, and taking wild animal with the use of a motor-driven conveyance. Because of juvenile identity protection laws, the four remained unnamed. However, they are designated, and deservedly so, is our bad boys of the outdoors. There's a chance they could be tried and sentenced as adults. That's possible, but don't hold your breath. We are experiencing the age of unaccountability for criminal activity, but I'm sure these four may be in the running for our baddest of the bad, and we'll try to get the identification on them. Just uh, some people who are really headed for some uh, rough times in the future and bad, bad actions. All right, we come back after this. Ryan Lambert joins us. Get a fishing report from the parish of Plaquemines. You're listening to it on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we take you down to Cajun Fishing Adventures in Plaquemines Parish where the fishing activity is brisk. And we talked to Captain Ryan Lambert. Ryan, you got a full house down there this weekend? Oh, Lord, it's been full for forever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we've been getting it, buddy. I laugh every time I hear that silly song you play. <laughs> That's your oh, song. I wouldn't call that I, silly. I laugh every time I hear it. I laugh. Oh, uh, Lord, everybody it, else it, does it, too. It, they love it. 
It's been plastic this week, Potty. And, you know, that sparkle beetle, old chartreuse sparkle beetle with the red dot has been on fire. I mean, we've been limited out on trout by 9 o'clock every morning. It's been good. Yeah, a bunch of bull reds around. You know, the, the regular keeper reds have been really strange for the last few weeks. I've never in my whole career seen a lack of reds down here like there is now. I mean, you can catch them, you know, you know, you work on them, and that's what you want to catch with, you know, the boys with a lot of shrimp and all. But it's just been so strange. <clears throat> but the river's coming down. Everything's going to come home. Yeah, well, you know that that sparkle beetle, the green with the red dot. I mean, how many of those things have have been used oh. over the years? I think we'd have to have a contest to find out the all-time bait, the one that has probably put the most speckled trout in the in the ice chest, and that one would be right up there with them. That sparkle right, beetle for sure. And speck rig and that, but I, I'd like I, I'm gonna ask Billy next time I see him at H and H how many of them dudes he's sold. I know it's a bunch. Oh my word. And I haven't fished with them lately. Are they still as durable? You know, a lot of the new baits that come, they make those real thin tails, and the fish pull them off real quick, and you got to keep changing bait, which is probably a good thing for the bait companies. But, boy, that bait we're talking about, that was always one of the toughest baits. Oh, the last time I went to see Billy, he gave me 2,000 of them. And I said, you can't get the hook in them. you got to, when the put, <laughs> we get to the tank of the hook, you got to push hard to get it on there, and it, don't, it doesn't come off, I mean. Yeah, it's a it's a durable bait. It's in the speckled trout right now. I mean, they've been just on fire both sides of the river. I mean, it's it's been good. The the river it crested three days ago. It's eight seven now, and by the end of June, it's gonna be four foot. And we hadn't seen that in years. So if it continues that, historically, the third week in September, the river it hits that three, and it gets real green and beautiful. I would sure love to see that this fall. Oh, my gosh, I miss it. Yeah, me and you both. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you or any of your guides uh, come across any algal blooms out there? You know, I know when you go on the east side and you get out there towards that Black Bay area, you know, towards Delacro, yeah, sometimes well, that'll pop up. Tide, as the tide comes in, it's good. And as soon as the tide wanes and starts, it just stops, that heat will boom. It'll light it up and it'll all turn to algae real quick. But, you know, as I watch shows from all over the country, bass tournaments and all, it's like that everywhere. It's not, you know, all the lakes turn green like that. One of my yard does. I mean, it's just the heat and the, the nutrients in the water. So, you know, west side, east side, everything's got an algae bloom right now as soon as soon as the water slows down. But, you know, this, this uh, flip-flop we got coming up, that's going to be the worst time for the algae bloom where you have a, a chance of jubilees and fish kills and stuff like that because when the tide's not moving, the oxygen will leave, and if it just sits there in that heat, it'll yep. turn green. It'll take the oxygen out. And this this one coming up, the August uh, neap tides is the worst for that. And so, you know, this, this week coming up, and so we'll, we'll watch and see. You know, you're talking about this is not something that's exclusive to Louisiana offshore waters or nearshore waters. You know, even on the imp- impoundments in the landlocked lakes, they call it turnover, right. where the water turns over and the oxygen gets bad and same kind of situation, yeah. just a different name for it. But everybody's got to deal with it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, and, you know, we got something to blame. We blame the river. But, you know, with all the nitrates in the river, it does make a difference. You know, we put all that through the marsh and let it filter it out. We won't have that going outside, but... Until we, we fix some of our problems, we're going to have problems. 
All right, yeah. from here on out, I'm going to be asking you every week, blue wing teal sightings, we're like 80, what is it, 83, uh, 84 days away now? Yeah, well, it's only in our brain right now. We are, Everybody's already talking about it. Everybody's getting ready. I got, I, I am so booked up. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I got both leases working. We are getting them ready to, already. You know, duck potatoes are growing as far as you can see. Places I've never seen duck potatoes. The aquatic vegetation is doing really well. But the um, yeah, duck potatoes is what saved us last year because even if you got hurricanes, that root structure is still there, and that's what the ducks eat. So by them multiplying tenfold is not going to hurt us at all. We'll have ducks no matter what. So that's they love those thing. French fries. They love them. Oh, yeah. but I like <laughs> I like the aquatic vegetation. You get that uh, drilling milfoil. That's what the gadwalls like, and you know yeah. we like killing our gray ducks. So yeah. you know, hopefully we'll we'll scoop by this year and have a great great fall. I'm ready. Seen any tickweed that reemerged? You know, it was absent there a couple of years. Oh, it's there. Oh, and you know what else? The, the peas are there this year. We didn't have peas last year. Even before the storms, we didn't have them. But the peas, the banks are just completely covered. You know, it's a different landscape in Venice this year. You know, the wild oats aren't there so much. Um, the 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 uh, rosos are beat way back. I mean, it, it looks. I mean, I could go two miles inland from where I used to go through these ponds and stuff. So hopefully it'll all start growing real hard. Everything's a month behind. I mean, even like the, the blackberries, the agapanthas, all of the different flowers, I watch them. I know when they're supposed to bloom, and they're all about a month behind this year. So it's, it's a mm-hmm. weird year. It really is. I don't know well, let's hope the, the ducks rain, aren't but... late. Let's hope they're not 30 days late. <laughs> well, we got a front coming tomorrow, so they'll start pushing already. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled. All right, if somebody wants to get you, they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com. you got a beautiful website, and I think you could get the little plastic man. Don't y'all play that when they click it on, too? And in no, the meantime, they, <laughs> we can get you to hum it on the phone when they call you. What's the phone number? It's 504-559-5111, but it's, no, it's not about me. It's about the customers, so I don't I, don't I know what you mean. Y'all do a great job with it, too. All right, Captain Ryan, thank you, my friend. We'll talk next week. All right, Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. All right, as you listen to Tammy Does the Shimmy at the Fish Fry, we'll be right back with the wrap-up on this week's show. All right, did want to remind those of you in the Comet uh, chapter of the Coastal Conservation Association, got your banquet coming up next Thursday, August 5th, at the Starkey Gym on Jor Road, uh, be sure to get your star ticket there if you have not got it. All right, got some more text messages. Dixie Ranch telling me, go another 32 years. Let me see. I'll be, let me get the calculator. Mm, no, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I can make it, but thanks for the gesture. All right, Mike Benj is having a family reunion up there in Ohio. I hope you all enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again next week as we begin our 33rd year of this program. And we'll be doing that from the Hilton slash Hampton in in, uh, Thibodeau, Louisiana, the site of the annual Louisiana Outdoor Rider Association Convention and Conference. Don't forget to check out Bayou Wild, Ride the Bull this week. And next week we start Season 7, brand-new episodes with Wicked and Wild Slam. See you next week with the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.